When God speaks, it's a serious matter and it can be trusted to come to pass and be fulfilled according to His timing and His will. Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church podcast where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler and together with my wife, children and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West online and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging, and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. For those of you who have been with us now, um, you'll know that we've been doing a short three-part series called God's Why, which is based on the, the, the thing that is kind of popular in leadership circles from Simon Sinek, who says if you lead a company or an organization or a church, it's important to understand your why, because it's, it's more important than your what or your how. And, and I just had this question, like, so what's God's why? Why did he create? Why did he... Saint Jesus, and, and so we, we're delving into that question as we're doing that. And our first message in the series was called In the Beginning, because that's a very good place to start, right? What did God do, plan, and what was his idea? What was his, his ultimate goal that he had? And then we, last week, we spoke about the three angelic encounters that uh, Mary, Joseph, and Zacharias had, and it was called Do Not Be Afraid. I hope you if, you, if you've missed either of these, please go back and, and listen or watch them. And then today, as we finalize our series, the message is called, The Word Became Flesh. The Word Became Flesh. How many of you can say, hallelujah, the Word became flesh? <laughs> we are so great. Thank, uh, we are so grateful for that. We are so great. Full. Uh, all right. So... I want to start off this message today with a, with a question that I have for you. So I want to know how many of you have had an idea you, or, and you're walking around with this idea. It's something creative. It's maybe a, uh, a tool or a idea, a business idea, maybe something you want to create, maybe a solution to a problem. But the idea is up here and you've been walking around for it with it for months, even years. Anyone walking around with ideas that have not been executed? You haven't put it out there and it's working. Anyone? Okay. How many of you have shared your ideas with people and they go, wow, that's great. You should do that. Anyone? <laughs> and, and then you were like, I, I want to, but I don't have time. I don't have money. I have a lot of excuses. Right? Yes? All right. I have ideas like that. I'm walking around with two movie ideas, and it's been, I've been walking around for it for like eight years. And, um, and I'm, I'm constantly trying to figure out, is this just my idea, or is this God? But I, I also come up with those excuses. Yeah, I don't have time, I don't have money, who will, you know, I've never done this before. You have all these excuses. I think they're great ideas, and when I share them with people, they go, wow, that's awesome, but they're just still ideas. How many of you have shared an idea with someone and they actually went and did it? Anyone? And you're like, they stole my idea. Ever happened to anyone? Oh, really, Leon? Did you create something? 
I'd like to hear more. Did I steal your idea? <laughs> okay. So that, that can happen as well. But how many of you found out in that experience that an idea in your head cannot be copyrighted? And if that person took the idea and actually did something and has proof that they, they did it, then they have more rights than you have because your idea was not yet manifested. Any, you understand that? Okay. But some of you have had ideas that you dreamt about, visualized, and you actually took some steps. And those ideas became reality. How many of you can put up your hand to that one? I've had ideas. Yes, Aleta, I know. Many ideas. And, and she's, my wife is actually one of the best examples I have of people who have ideas and then she, she makes them happen. Um, especially if she can couple a bank account that she has to create with that business. She, she'll do that and then she can't wait to get an email address for that business. So the, the idea, the bank account, the email is like all in one day. And she's done this about, what, six times? So we've seen that happen. <laughs> for, for me, as, as, a, as a songwriter, you know, a song idea that you haven't actually written down or recorded or registered is also just an idea in your head. It's the same thing. But once it's written down, once it's, uh, many people in the, um, before all the technology we have now, um, songwriters would protect their copyright by writing their lyrics and music out physically or printing it out, mailing it to themselves, to their own address, so that they have proof of the date and the time that they wrote it and they mailed it to themselves to prove this is my song. It's quite amazing. Nowadays, there's easier ways to do that. Anyway, now, you've got the concept. An idea is just an idea until it is made manifest. Now, similarly, but more profoundly and more importantly, it is with the Word of God. Our Father in heaven, the Creator God, speaks something or wills something in the spiritual realm, and then it manifests in the physical realm. His word becomes flesh. It becomes reality. Amen? And that's where we get the phrase from, the word becomes flesh. And, and to make sense, the word must have not been flesh. So to say the word became flesh must mean that it was something else before it became flesh. Would you agree? So what was the word before it became flesh? It was a word spoken. It was a word willed. Where? In the spiritual realm. Would you agree? The unseen realm. We recently spoke about things that are unseen. Now, today as we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we will look into the powerful biblical truth and principle and see how it applies to Jesus himself, how prophetic words are important and powerful, and how this principle should apply to our own lives. Amen? Are you ready to dive in? Yes. Cool. Every week I see if I can read more scripture. I'm kidding. Don't worry. But we are going to read some awesome, awesome stories. So I want to start off uh, as my base scripture for today. I want to use Isaiah 55. Some of you will know this well. Isaiah 55 from verse 8. It says, this is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah to his people. He says, for my thoughts, the thoughts of God, are not your thoughts. How many of you know that God's thoughts are not your thoughts? How many of you would like your thoughts to be God's thoughts? Nor are your ways my ways. 
No ways. Says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, listen to these, um, uh, what do you call it? Comparisons. Listen to these comparisons that God makes. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways, the way that I do things, higher than your ways of doing things. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Now he explains it further. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return to the... Do not return there, but they do something. They water the earth and make it bring forth and bud so that they may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. How many of you are eaters of bread? (laughs) So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. What does void mean? Empty or useless. It will not return empty. It will not return useless. But what shall his word do? It shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. How powerful is that? This is our God making a promise. He's making a promise, and God is not a man that he should lie. Amen? So we know that when a word is spoken by God in the spirit, and when he wills something, it will come to pass. Do you believe that today? That if God spoke it or God willed it in the spirit, it will manifest in this realm. Do you believe that? Good. Now, I want you to use your God-given imagination by the leading of the Holy Spirit and see how when God speaks, the same way that he just spoke creation into being, that the frequency of his voice, okay, just take a moment, I mean, it'll blow our minds, but just try to imagine what the frequency of God's voice must be like when he speaks in the spiritual realm. Just just say, Holy Spirit, show me a glimpse. Some of you might fall over if you really get a glimpse. It is. His voice fills the heavens. It is made known in the spiritual realm and it causes the unseen to become seen. It causes the word to become flesh. That's what happens when God speaks. God compares his own word to rain and snow that gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Rain and snow brings life and causes new life to sprout. It literally says it buds new life. Notice the reference to seed and bread. Did you see that he compares his own word to seed and bread? Who else did that? Jesus, I am the what of life? The bread of life. And when he told the, 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 the parable of the sower, what did he say to his disciples when they said, so we don't understand this parable, what does it mean? He said to them, the seed is the word. And the word was saying to them, the seed is the word. Like, do you start seeing how beautiful this is? Catching a glimpse So from this we should know that when God speaks, when God speaks, it's a serious matter. And it can be trusted to come to pass and be fulfilled according to His timing and His will. Amen? Powerful. Now, we 
are celebrating the birth of Jesus and we're doing it under this theme that I said to you, God's why. We've established why God created the creation and why he created man in our first session. And we've established how God, he works through people to bring his will to pass. He, took, he sent an angel to three people who played key roles in his will to bring his word to flesh, to make his word manifest in this world. He worked through people, people that you would not choose. On paper, based on their CV, you and I will probably not have chosen Mary or Joseph or Zacharias. Do you agree? The same way you probably wouldn't have chosen the 12 that Jesus chose. Because you would, you would look on the outside. You would see all the faults. But where does Jesus look? Amen? So today, we're going to bring this all together. We'll look at the connection between the beginning and the word. And we're going to look at how God's word is when it is spoken, no matter how long it takes no matter how long it might feel to us as people living in this timeline that God created, but he's outside of time, his will, his word will be fulfilled. Amen? How many of you sitting here today, you've had word over your life and you're like, I've given up because it hasn't happened yet. Anyone? You can be honest. I know it happens. We all have those moments where we go, when is this happening, Lord? You've given us this word. You've made this promise. Uh, maybe you got a prophetic word from a prophet. Maybe you got scripture. Maybe you were in your quiet time and you just sensed that the Holy Spirit shared something with you. And you're standing and you're standing and you're standing and someday you're like, oh, I'm tired of standing. Anyone feel like that? I trust that this word will encourage you today. Amen? All right. So, let's start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. I always think of that song for some reason. All right. Genesis 1 verse 1. Everybody say, in the beginning. With a little bit more passion. One, two, three. God created the heavens and the earth. Boom. Claw. That is how it started. The beginning in Hebrew means the starting place where it all began. Now we're going to skip down to verse 26. Then God said... So when God says something, what, is, what, what comes out of his mouth? Words. Do you believe that? All right. God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them, man, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He said it, and then he did it. It doesn't just remain an idea. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Everyone say, male and female. Everyone say, period. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves on the earth. That was God's plan from the beginning. Do you agree? If you don't agree, you don't believe the word of God is the word of God. 
If you don't believe Genesis 1, why would you believe anything else? The two most contested books of the Bible is the first and the last. Because in the first, the devil came in with his plan, and at the end, he gets defeated. Why do you think they are the two most contested books in the Bible? Yo? All right. Now, I want you to see the similarities. Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created. Now, John 1 from verse 1. In the beginning, everyone say, in the beginning. Not like our ex-president, with passion. One, two, three. That was almost at the same time. I'm so glad you're not a choir. (laughs) Okay, in the beginning was the Word. Everyone say Word. Word. Moi. And the Word, everyone say Word, Word. was with God. And the Word, everyone say Word, Word, was God. What? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God and the word was God. So the word speaks a word and it becomes real. My mind is blown. You don't look like your minds are blown yet. But I'm, I'm hoping to get there. When, okay, do me a favor. When your mind does get blown at some point today, let your face know. So then I will know that the word is landing somewhere. Are you, are you, is that cool? All right. Yeah, help me, okay. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things, everyone say all things. Were made through him. Were some things let out. Was mankind not made through him and everything else was? Did he, did, were just mosquitoes made through him and, it, and not the animals? All things were created through him and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. And the word, this word, through whom all things were created became flesh and dwelt among us. That is our key verse. And we beheld We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. What did the angels say? What did the shepherds sing when they encountered him? They said, glory. It was the first thing they said. The glory of God. The glorious light. Now, Genesis 1, John 1. Now listen to 1 John 1. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning. Everyone say the beginning. Whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is, he is of life. This one who is life itself. The word is life itself. He was revealed to us and we have seen him. 
And now we testify and proclaim to you that He is the one who is eternal life. He is eternal life. He was with the Father. He was with the Father once. And then He was revealed to us. He was the Word. Then He became... Oh, that's so good. Can you see how amazing the Word of God is? Does it make you just a little bit more excited to read the Word of God? Come on. Donkey. Genesis 1, John 1, 1 John 1, Hebrews 1. Listen to this. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, confirmation of John 1, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of God's person, his person, and upholding all things by the word, say word, of his power when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. This is Jesus. This is the word. Do you know how powerful this is? Do you know how hard the enemy is trying to diminish the role of Jesus in your mind on a daily basis? If anything today, I hope that you walk out with a fresh understanding of how powerful and how huge and how significant Jesus as the word is. In the beginning, God had a plan. He had an idea. It is his why. He chose to create all of creation and then man to be in relationship with him, to share his love and glory with beings that are made in his image and likeness. He chose to do that. He didn't need to do that. He chose to do that. And at the right, and right in that moment of creation, in the beginning, there was the word, Jesus himself. And all things were created through him, for him, and to him. To me, that's just unfathomable. We read that and we go, yeah, yeah, sure, that's cool. But do we really get it? Do we really take a moment and let it sink in that all things were created by God when he spoke, God, it was done through his son. Jesus is spirit and he was spirit from the start. He is the word. The word became flesh. The word was spirit first. Remember, we established that. So Jesus was spirit with the Father. Through the prophets, God spoke words that one day the Messiah, the Savior, the Anointed One will come to rescue all mankind from the consequences of the sin in the garden committed by the first Adam. The same word that was there in the beginning was prophesied to come in human form and be among God's people to save them. That was prophesied that the Messiah will be born as a human being. Our flesh is weak, and sin is strongly connected to our bodies. How many of you know that? Sin is in the body. The body is, is corrupted by this world, amen? Would you agree? 
And we read so much about it in the scriptures, especially from Paul. He keeps reminding people, your flesh must die because your flesh is the thing that's leading you on the wrong paths. Now, if left to our own efforts and devices, our flesh will not save us from eternal condemnation. How many of you know that? You cannot save yourself from what happened in the garden in the beginning. If you think you can, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> Try starting at your, uh, your own church and you know, see what happens. So we've established that we are flesh, and in our flesh we are weak. We cannot save ourselves. How many of you think you can save yourself? Anyone? You know you need a savior? All right. Now, we are flesh. We've established that. God is spirit. Jesus was from the beginning there with God as a spirit. We, are we in agreement? We are flesh. He is spirit. Because God loves us, he has a plan to save us from ourselves. For our flesh is... is our flesh, if we let it do it, it'll drag us down to hell. Now, he sent his son from heaven to become flesh. He sent his son to become like us in order to model the perfect life, to live a sinless life, to die for our sins without having sinned himself ever before. How powerful is that? God, God's word, Jesus came to earth and was made manifest by becoming flesh. And he is the word, would not return void to the Father. How many of you know that if God said something, he, it will not return void? We read it in the scriptures. And God's not a man that he should lie. So if he said, my son will be the Messiah and will be born, will it happen or will it not happen? It will happen and we know that it did. All right, now we're gonna see from scripture how this is true. Are you ready? This is so exciting. Tell someone next to you, this is so exciting. And I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay. Examples of Old Testament prophecies, in other words, words that were spoken from God through the prophets about Jesus. Now, there are many. I'm going to just give you a few. Because if we read all of them, we'll be here all day. Which I don't mind, but you know, I've had complaints. So, <laughs> Isaiah 7 verse 14, listen to this. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Prophetic declaration, prophetic word. Isaiah 9 from verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will rest upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Wow. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it, to establish it with judgment and justice from the time forward even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Confirmation of Isaiah 55, which we read later in that same letter, that same book. Micah 5 verse 2. We like a Micah. But you, listen to this, but you, Bethlehem, <laughs> though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. Powerful 
powerful prophetic word about Jesus being born in Bethlehem. Very specific. Now, New Testament fulfillment of the prophecies. We're going to dive into that. First, I want to take a look at Luke 2 from verse 15. Listen to this. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them, this is the shepherds in the field, into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told by the, told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. How many of you have been to Bethlehem in Israel? Where's my Israel people? Yes. <laughs> it, there's a shepherd's field that they kind of preserved and there's an old cave um, that you can go inside and get an idea of what the shepherd's lives were like. And it's all very hill country. And they've got these great um, viewpoints that you can check out. And you get a sense of what these shepherds must have experienced and what their lives must be like. And you sit there and you just have a moment you go, imagine an angelic host just appeared in the middle of the night and spoke to these shepherds while they are just tending their flock. It's, it's the craziest thing and it's so beautiful. Anyway, now I'm going to read you a very long piece of scripture, but I want you to, to focus and I want you to keep your focus because you're going to hear the words as was said in scripture many times. You're going to see how God's will is performed, how his word does not return void. Are you ready? Five of you. The rest? Okay, here we go. Matthew 2. This is such a beautiful story. From verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is, the, is he who has been born king of the Jews? How did they know this? How did they know that a king of the Jews was born? For we have seen a star in the east and have come to worship him. So they look at a star and they go, There's a new king of the Jews. What? That's a bit of a stretch, right? How would they know this? I believe they know it prophetically. I believe they've been expecting this. I believe they've been studying the scriptures and waiting for the coming of the king, the Messiah. Now when Herod, the king of the Jews currently, <laughs> heard this, he was troubled. Why? Because like most people, he's insecure. And he doesn't want his role to be, I mean, imagine being a king on the throne, being worried about a baby. I mean, that's next level insecurity. What, at what age would he actually be able to take the throne from you? Anyway, but how, how, how amazing. Now, Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. The whole of Jerusalem was worried as well. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. The, scribe, the, the wise man said, king of the Jews, he says Christ. Christ means anointed one. So he knew who they were talking about, the coming Messiah. And as the king of the Jews, he still 
threatened. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and tribes and people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, how would they know this? We just read it in Micah. They said, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophets. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come the ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So the scribes and the Pharisees know. Now they're troubled that the king is coming. Has come or is coming right now. The king is worried, but they know the scripture. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word, interesting, to me that I may come and worship him also. What would we call that? Manip- a lie and manipulation. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense and myrrh then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod they got a word from God as well they departed for their own country another way now when they had departed behold an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph Joseph gets another angelic visitation in a dream the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream He is the husband, he is the father, he is the head of the home. He gets the warning from the angel. Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring bring you word. Do you see that? Man, I get excited about this. Just notice how many times it says word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. The angel sees prophetically what's about to come. And God sent him to warn them. Why? Because God is protecting his child, his word that will not return to him void. He's protecting him. But he's still leaving it up to two human beings. I just find that amazing. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Once again, that it might be fulfilled. By the Lord through the prophet saying, out of Egypt I called my son. Another prophetic word fulfilled. Then Herod, now the angel has already warned Joseph about what's coming. Now only do we see that Herod wakes up and sees what's going on. Then Herod, when he saw then that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry. And he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem. And in all his districts, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Whenever a word of God is spoken, the enemy will try to kill it. The spirit of Herod, the spirit of Pharaoh, It's actually the spirit of Molech who wants to take children, wants to kill them. 
Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah. A sad prophetic word comes true as well. A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Can you imagine? All these children, all these sons, two years old and under, being killed by the king's command. Now when Herod was dead, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. It's his third visitation, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, that's his fourth dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. Do you see how even circumstances that you think are totally unrelated to God's word makes you line up with God's word? Joseph was just scared of this relative of Herod. So he goes to Nazareth. Do you notice that God just said to him, go to Galilee. Go to Israel. And then he went to Galilee and he came and dwelt in the city called Nazareth. That's amazing. All right. Now we've read all these scriptures. We've seen all these prophetic words. I want to show you a picture. Just put up that graph, please. Also online for the online people to see. This graph on the left at the bottom is Genesis. At the right is Revelation. And in between are all the, all the scriptures, all the books of the Bible. Almost 64,000 cross-references in the Bible are shown by, by those lines. Every line is a scripture that is cross-referenced with another scripture in the Bible. 64,000 confirmations in the Word of God. How powerful is that? All right, you can remove it from online, but keep it up in the house. Now, out of those 64,000 connections, over 300 biblical prophecies are about Jesus, the Messiah. And they are fulfilled through Jesus' life. And of course, those prophetic words we just read about his birth. The word of God will not return void, but will accomplish what God wills. Do you agree? How powerful is that picture? From Genesis to Revelation and every book in between, there are these, this is, the, the Bible was written by 40 authors over a 1,500 year period on three different continents and they all spoke the same thing. That can only be God working through men. How powerful. Thank you. Jesus is the word and there was a vast amount of prophetic words spoken about him and the messianic mission. Everything that was prophesied about Jesus is true. So when Jesus says he is the way, when Jesus says he is the truth, 
When Jesus says He is the life and the only way to the Father, that He saves us from sins and brings us into the marvelous light of God's kingdom, that He is a healer, and that in Him we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit who makes us His temple, and we have authority to heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead in the name of Jesus, then we need to believe that it is true and that it has been accomplished and will keep being accomplished for as long as God wills it. Amen? Also, we need to know that God, that if God has given us a word, a promise or a vision, and if it's truly from Him, it will come to pass. His word over you will not return to Him void. It will accomplish and prosper in its mission. Amen? I want you to receive that today. I want you to believe that today. I want you to know that this is good news. This is good news. Jesus is our example in everything. And even just through the fact that he became flesh, he is an example to us that the word of God will be, will be accomplished and will be prosperous in what it wills. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church podcast message of the week. I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or you can catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you. Bye-bye.